Hello, the internet, and welcome to Season 193, Episode 4 of The Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. It's Thursday, July 15th, 2021. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Count Jackula and Dewberry. Honey Bunches of O'Brien, Jacqueline Oatbran, Cheerio O'Brien's. That was a collabo between at Abstrusel and at Math Demigod. And I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray! Yes, coming off pitching a perfect first inning at the All-Star Game. <laughs> it once again is Show Gray Smoked Ton of Weed. Oh, man, I just love hearing about Shohei, and Jack and I were just reading a little description of the All-Star Game where they said, he pitched a perfect first inning. Perfect first inning. And I'm like, listen, we can look as a hey, man. as someone, as a Japanese person who's constantly being overly modest to my own detriment, I feel like we can do a little bit better. Like, as a parent, if that was Shohei, if I was Shohei's dad, I'd be like, you just pitched one perfect inning. You need <laughs> nine of them, son. I don't it know. Anything. In an All-Star game, that's pretty... Uh, Exciting. I remember the year that the All-Star game was in Bo- like the only All-Star game I've ever gone to was the year that like Maguire was still hitting those dingers oh, and uh, Pedro was at the top of his game and Pedro Martinez struck out the first inning, like struck out three batters in a row. And that was that was exciting. So I don't know. We'll, we'll give him pitching a perfect first yeah, inning. Look. That's my internalized Japanese family inside of me being like, <laughs> just one. Yes. I'm sorry. Not I'm on your together. side, Miles. I mean, one out yeah. of nine. That's yeah. 11%. Yeah, like, what are we? That's, that's American. That's, that's American levels F, of achievement. That's yeah. an F. Yeah. We don't. My mom wouldn't take that. I'm like, well, I, I got the first 10 questions right. And, <laughs> and then, and then what? <laughs> but no, but no less. He is uh, clearly uh, an attraction. Well. Miles, we are mm. thrilled to be joined in our third seat by one of our favorite guests, a hilarious comedian, a very talented writer and director. Welcome to the show, Sarah June. Hey, everybody. Uh, my Sarah, AKA, Sarah. my AKA is very important. My AKA is Sarah, uh, quotation mark, Primal is the best animated program and should win the Emmy for it. End quote, June. Okay. That's Primal, how people huh? speak to me. That's what they say. They say, hey, Primal is the best animated program and should win the Emmy. And I'm like, hey, what's up, guys? That's my nickname. <laughs> That's your nickname. It's my AKA, yeah. There's what a hidden a... message in my nickname, but it's coded. <laughs> what? So you guys might not pick up on it, but it is that Primal is the best animated program and should win the Emmy. Tell me about Primal. I, I, uh, I, Primal's great. Primal is a, a silent... Well, it's not silent, but, you know, it's a it's an almost wordless cartoon about a, a Neanderthal or a Cro-Magnon person and their dinosaur friend. Uh, it's directed by Gendy Tartakovsky, who made all the good shit on Cartoon Network in the 90s. And he's still the king. He's just oh, the man. best. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. It's so okay. beautiful. Everybody should watch it. If you got the Hobo Max, that's what you do it on. The Hobo Max. <laughs> Hobo Max. The hobos to the Max. Yeah. Uh, Damn. Okay. okay. And you're cool. saying it's like because of the characters, like one an animal, say- and I'm not saying it, Miles. It's just what people call me. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know anything about it. Just your name. Call me. That's just what I've heard. <laughs> right. <laughs> I've never even seen it. Actually, <laughs> never seen it. Don't know anything about it. Yeah, I don't know. What, what are the Emmys? <laughs> What's that? Who's Emmy? Right. <laughs> oh, w- uh, they'll be on later. <laughs> so it was nominated, and oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, it's a nominee. Yeah, yeah. It's a nominee. 
Yeah, it. it's the best. It's the best nominee. The other nominees are like so the Simpsons. Heard. It's the Simpsons. Like, do you guys know about the Simpsons? Do you think the Simpsons <laughs> has ever like been honored? I don't know. It's like pretty obscure program. You might not have the Simpsons. Yeah, I don't and, think like, they need anything more. Yeah, I, I don't know, fine. man. People people are saying that season forty seven is one of the classics. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> you jo- you joke, but straight up, next season of SNL is forty seven. Um, oh so. Uh, Speaking oh my of God, speaking of people years. that deserve deserve more <laughs> <laughs> deserve more recognition, yeah, yeah, totally. Although Bo and Yang nominated nominee, Great nominee. fellow podcaster on this network, fellow podcaster. Okay, <laughs> you're right. You are on the same network. I was like, you're really reaching, Jack. The connection between you and Bo and Yang is We're, like, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, you and Joe Rogan same. also fellow podcasters. Yeah. He's a wildly popular podcast. I mean, kind of same thing. So <laughs> my buddy, uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Jim. What's new with you? You know, I'm. I've got. I've got ants in my pants. Mm. Literal ants. There's some ants in my pants. There are ants everywhere. I'm covered in ants. Dealing with an ant fight. Yeah. It. Uh. You know, this was. This used to be a literal nightmare of mine, and now I just find it a little annoying. So growth is possible. There you mm. go. That's you mean thing. just being inundated with ants? Yeah. Just like having I... having ants crawling on me, and just like finding ants crawling on me. You know. <laughs> Did you like leave a melted ice cream like on your pants or something? No, my my house is just full of holes. Oh, <laughs> and the heat holes. too. Yeah, yeah the, the it's mostly the more heat. ants. He yeah, brings ants, sure. and you know we, we got cats, and so we put the food out, and they come for the cat food. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, yep, yep, it's yep, annoying. Yep, yep, yep. I keep trying to tell the cats to eat the ants, and they won't listen to me. <laughs> come <laughs> so on, that's like food basically for you, idiot. Yeah, lick it up, lick it up, bitch. That's what I say. <laughs> they, don't, they don't like it. Is that just a yeah. California thing? I feel like I never, I, I've haven't been lived anywhere besides California for like ten years. But it it really feels like some houses out here are just built on top of ant hills, and yeah. like I've lived in oh, yeah. multiple of them, and it's just like if if there's a like tiny sliver left open. Uh, of a window you're gonna like look up and there will be a black stripe down the wall coming from yeah. that corner oh yeah and uh, it's gonna carry your tv out too <laughs> exactly yeah. i think the reason is that in california there are many much much fewer insects that can like actually harm you like these ants they don't even bite you know they're sugar ants they don't even bite yeah and so they just build houses shitty because if ants come in it doesn't really matter whereas like if you go to like texas or florida or something if you have any tiny hole in your house like a tarantula will come in and strangle your baby you know yeah right. you can't take those kind of chances we're just vibing out here you know? yeah we're vibing out here yeah we're vibing yeah. with here's the thing i'm barely even killing these ants i'm like kind of like <laughs> oh you guys get out of here i like sweep them up i'm like no stop it like, like bullying them more than anything yeah. hey you guys watch primal yeah <laughs> <laughs> will, will you tell me what it's about <laughs> Uh, although Frankie Munez uh, did have a Frankie house. Frankie who? That... Munez or Munez? M- Are you talking Munez? about Frankie Munez? M- Munez. Uh, Munez. Is... <laughs> is that like, who is that? Is that a mashup between Devin Malcolm Nunez? In, Malcolm in the Middle had a Devin house. Devin Nunez. <laughs> Devin Nunez is what I was thinking. <laughs> he had like a house where he was constantly inundated with uh, scorpions out here. And, Shut uh, up. No, yeah. he didn't. And, and it was like, <laughs> <laughs> you could... You can watch it live, him battling the scorpions live on Twitter for it was like a decade ago, but yeah, that that's always been my nightmare. I'd love to see nightmare. any videos if anybody has 
recordings <laughs> of any of this Breaking Moody's Palace. Yeah. My aunt problem might also be I, I'm usually just like walking around with a bag of loose sugar that I'm mm-hmm. just like dipping into. Just like And then you yeah. keep trying to get everybody in your house to call you sugar daddy and they're all yeah. like that's gross. That's gross, Dad. Stop. <laughs> that's gross, what are you Dad. Doing? Stop. Jack, please. Jack, I <laughs> Jack, I have a job. Dude. You know what's wild? Frankie Muniz, like, he first went on one of his OG, like, rants about scorpions in 2018. And then on January 6th of 2021, this fool tweeted, we're at the emergency pet vet with my cat because he got stung by a scorpion. Fuck scorpions, stupid little bitch ass motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) He lives in L.A., right? No, he lives in Arizona now with his, and he has an olive oil company with his wife, who's a nurse. Jack, God. Damn. And his cat's at the emergency pet vet because he's bitch-ass little no motherfucking wonder. scorpions. He's in Arizona. That's why they have so many fucking scorpions. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. You can't take chances like that in Arizona. I'm getting ants in my pants, and I'm fine. And Frankie Muniz is going to the vet because of these yeah. little scorpions. Yeah. Damn. I didn't know that that ended that way. As a Scorpio, I'd like to formally apologize to Frankie Muniz for my association uh, with the these, with the these dark dangerous arts. beasts. But also, was your dog being a little bitch? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I mean, entirely possible. All right. We are going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. So first, we're going to tell our listeners a couple of things we're talking about. We're going to talk about Biden just taking a stand for voting rights by saying some stuff in a speech and not doing shit. Uh, We're going to talk about (laughs) the... The day in court for the lawyers who kind of perpetrated the big lie uh, after the election. It's just kind of funny to see a judge just be kind of confused by them. As uh, COVID cases across the country and specifically in Florida are on the rise, Governor DeSantis has dropped some new merch into his store that is uh, (laughs) anti-Fauci merch which is pretty cool it's called getting owned i guess yeah 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 uh we'll talk about uh the market for unopened super mario 64 cartridges a little hotter than i thought <laughs> a little bit you know yeah. i would have i would have pegged it more in the like seven hundred thousand range but yeah this mm. was multiplier on that uh, and then we'll talk about Shikari Richardson's new endorsement offer and whether she should take it from a vape company. All of that, plenty more. But first, Sarah, we like to ask our guests, what is something from your search history? Something from my search history is uh, Bolsonaro emu. And you guys, do you guys know why? No. Emu? Just images, search Google. Images, search Google. Emu Bolsonaro. Oh, my God. Was he bit by an emu? Many times. Multiple (laughs) times. And now, and he got COVID so many times. And now he is in the hospital with the hiccups. What This man is, why would God make a fascist so funny? (laughs) I mean. (laughs) What is it? He's hospitalized after 10 days of hiccups. He has had the hiccups for 10 days. He had COVID like eight times. Every time he came out of the hospital after having COVID, he got bit by an emu and had to go back to the hospital for emu bites. He's having the worst year 
And Aww. it's very funny because you can see pictures of the emu like chasing him. Wow. Yeah, it's I mean, really good shit. Those birds are straight up dinosaurs. Like they're just. Yeah. yeah. They're raptors, aren't they? Jack, right. if you got bit by an emu one time, would you go back to a fucking emu facility? Don't they just have them like wandering on the palace grounds like where he lives? <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. I assumed he was going to an emu farm because that's yeah, what we have out here in California. But he's also maybe the they're fucking just wild president. Emus. So he could he could just be like, yeah, maybe maybe no. Maybe let's uh, put those on a leash or something. I don't know. But he's like, look, we have to remove all the gays before right. I take my revenge on emus. Maybe he just likes them. You know, he's just can't help himself. Who would like emus more than gay humans? Right. Jack? Only uh, a monster. Yeah. A failed human being. A failed experiment yeah. of a human being. At least he's wearing a mask around the emus. I, know, I don't know. Like, the what? Thing. It's like so weird. Like, does he respect them? And he's like, I don't look. I had it. You don't want to get COVID emus. You know, so I'm going to wear this mask. <laughs> oh, they keep biting me. I just want to be their friend. Like, dude, what? And then he's like. <laughs> 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 it sounds like some weird shitty curse from a Disney film that like the bad guy gets. Or it's like make them sip this thing and they will hiccup for days. And because isn't it aren't hiccups just lung spasms? A uh, diaphragm I mean, spasms. I, I diaphragm spasms. I don't know. Right. I think they're a curse. Right now it's like hmm. Because I remember like back when Inside Edition would just do nonsense stories like that. They're like meet the man who's had a had hiccups for like two years. Yeah. And the person's like, it's just terrible. It's like torture to like never to always be anticipating a hiccup coming. That is one of the uh, (laughs) that is one of the Guinness Book of World Records that I like would look up when I was a kid, like longest case of hiccups. Uh, And I think somebody had it for like decades. Charles Osborne had hiccups for 68 years. Hey. 1922 to February 1990, although that just sounds like some shit you could lie about up until the 90s, and nobody can verify that shit. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) yeah, man, I had the hiccups since 1922. And you're like, we don't have the internet. I don't know. Okay, (laughs) sir. Everyone else is dead. Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah, and all the people that can verify, man, they they passed away. So, you know, you're just going to take my word for it. I've been had this shit for 68 years. But it sounds like a (laughs) terrible, terrible thing for someone to have, unless you're Bolsonaro, in which case... Let him rip, buddy. Yeah, Just let him rip. More proof that the world isn't fair. Last time I was on here, I, I talked about how I had to stop watching Grey's Anatomy. And that was another reason I had to stop watching Grey's Anatomy, because a woman on Grey's Anatomy came on the show, had to go to the hospital with hiccups. And everyone was like, oh, huh, quirky, you know, one of the light storylines. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, wasn't it AIDS? Was uh, it wasn't AIDS. But late, but soon after, she died. Like, right. Oh. And and I, I, I don't know if being a surgeon is in any way like watching Grey's Anatomy, but I do know based on my experience watching Grey's Anatomy, I can't take that emotional roller coaster. Truly, I cannot. So glad I never thought that I could be a surgeon because I can't even watch the show without being like, God is fake. We yeah. all die. <laughs> Life is meaningless. I hiccup, we can move I on like- before I totally spiral. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I, I'm still thinking about it because hiccups, like they, when they last for more than like a minute, you you can convince yourself this is going to be the rest of your life. Yeah. Uh, or I'm at least I have that mentality. I'm like, fuck, man, these just won't go away. And I'm like, I don't know what I have to do. And if this is how I have to live, I guess I'll adjust to it. But humans death really quickly. 
Yeah. <laughs> so I was thinking of an ER storyline because I'm old as fuck. Uh, uh-huh. In which a man enters the emergency room with his fiance and a bad case of hiccups. After running tests, the doctor asks to speak to the patient privately. But after declaring that he has no secrets from his fiance, the couple learns that the hiccups are caused by AIDS-related abscesses on the patient's liver. But oh my. I, ER just gave people HIV and AIDS like as a story device, like constantly. What is that yeah. even? That sounds so fucked up. Like <laughs> I don't even. I don't even want to know how they presented that entire narrative in the show. Right. Like, yeah. Was it supposed to be that he was like on the low, like he had like he had other partners or something, and the, oh, the wife I, I didn't think that know? That was the implication. Yeah. Yeah. Yikes. Probably. I remember the one like AR has a bunch of weird shit like that where I'm sure that created a generation of people who were like, man, I have hiccups. Like I remember ER that made me and I have yeah. some kind yeah. of like autoimmune disease. I have like, hiccups. It, Am I gay? Right. <laughs> hey, hey, fellas, are hiccups gay? <laughs> or like even I remember one. Is where, it like, gay this, to suck air? <laughs> to breathe with your mouth, though. I feel you know like I'm I mean? sucking the air's dick. <laughs> <laughs> like, what's the alternative? What? Fucking die, bro, like a man. <laughs> but, like, I remember there was one episode where a kid, it was like a karate demo, and, like, the teacher, like, hit the kid in, like, his chest piece, like, for a demo, and it stopped his heart. <laughs> and then the, on the thing, they're like, there's a moment where the heart resets, and if there's an impact in this very specific time, it can stop your heart. And I'm like... Bro, I'm off like and I remember taking that shit as gospel truth. And this is but I realize now we live in a world of people who take things from TV shows as gospel truth without thinking at all. And I'm like, that's the scary part. I'm remembering so many things now that but like my entire basis of like understanding of my body is based on like an ER storyline. I think I think think which one? I think there was another storyline where somebody got hit in the chest with a ball and it stopped their heart because i think of, maybe like, that's the, the one i yeah I yeah, mean, yeah. I, I, you'd hope they would <laughs> they wouldn't reuse the same trope over and over right. like, oh this time was a karate demo <laughs> maybe no. there was like someone on staff who's who's you know brother had right. died from being hit in the chest with the ball and they were like i don't care if this ends my career i have to let the world know i'm gonna hammer it home in every episode i can <laughs> oh no Anyways, go watch ER. Great show. What is, Sarah, something you think is overrated? I think that being diagnosed with ADHD on the app TikTok is <laughs> underrated. And I think being diagnosed with lesbianism on the app TikTok is overrated. Okay, because, walk me through these. <laughs> okay, so Please. lately, if you've been on TikTok, and even if you haven't, there's like a widespread phenomenon of of women starting to use TikTok and then their for you page, the algorithm, like the algorithmically decided feed mm-hmm. starts showing them more and more lesbian content and content about compulsory heterosexuality or heteronormativity or whatever. Mm-hmm. And as a result, a lot of women are like, haha, TikTok thinks I'm gay, but I'm not. And then like six months later, they're like, hmm, turns out I am gay. <laughs> and and it took TikTok 20 minutes to figure out that I was gay based on my activity when I didn't know. And I'm like, you know, 30 years old or whatever the fuck. Right. And I think I'd be interested good. in hearing from the people in their lives if they knew, like if everybody around yeah. them knew and they were the last to find out. I think 
Okay, based on personal experience, yes. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I remember when I was younger, having like a lot of, I would make friends with gay or queer people and they would be like, are you sure you're not gay? And I'd be like, yeah. (laughs) And they were like, okay, but are you sure though? And I was like, yeah, I'm just like really comfortable with other gay people. I mean, gay people. (laughs) (laughs) And they were like, okay, but are you gay? And I was like, no. And then I like cut all my hair off and they were like, you're gay. And I was like, no, I just don't want men to talk to me. And (laughs) they were like, I think you're gay. And I was like, no, it's just that I'm kind of like terrified of, of men sometimes, but I'm also definitely attracted to them, but not women. But then all, you know, when you, if you have short hair and you're a girl, a lot of women just assume you're gay and then will hit on you. And then you're like, well, this isn't so bad, actually. (laughs) This is kind of nice. And so are there, are there people who have been on TikTok now who are like, I realized through this algorithm that I, like, I had a moment of self-discovery realization because of TikTok? Yeah. Wow. Okay. And then what's, and what about the ADHD one? So the ADHD one. I, I actually, I switched these. Being diagnosed with ADHD is overrated. Being diagnosed with lesbianism is underrated. Got it. <laughs> okay, got it. <laughs> like diagnosed by two yeah. doctors like, yeah. as a concept. Well, the, all, the algorithm fucking pitches shit to you. Like they'll start yeah. showing you something. And if you interact with it, and by interact, I mean even just watch the video in full or watch it multiple times or pause it and then restart it. They'll show you a ton more shit like that. The yeah. algorithm is constantly throwing shit at you that is popular or that it thinks you will like and then responding like instantaneously based on your this is why tiktok is so addicting because it is so responsive and the algorithm is so responsive but anyway so a big thing on tiktok is like there's a lot of people with adhd on tiktok who are there Mm -hmm. being like hey what's up here's my life with adhd here's like you know research stuff you might want to know if you have add or you know whatnot and you know, a lot of people have made the observation that uh, TikTok definitely fucking destroys your attention span. Um, and so if you have ADD already and you're on TikTok, it's like impossible to get out of it. And it's actually a really bad, very overstimulating thing for you to do. And right. if you don't have ADD, you will begin to experience a lot of the symptoms that people with ADHD experience all the time because you're on the app that is like constantly fragmenting your focus and throwing distractions at you at like the speed of light. And uh, so, you know, when you go on TikTok and they're like, hey, do you um, do you feel like you can't focus and like you have a hard time getting offline? And you're like, yeah, I'm on this app. <laughs> I'm on the right. thing that's doing that. <laughs> yeah. Huh? Yeah. I'm on the the like the screen version of cocaine. Of course, I have a hard time focusing. <laughs> right, right. right. <laughs> oh, and then people are just being like, man, do I? It's like, well, hold on, zoom oh, out yeah. for a second. Realize yes. what the activity you're engaged in. Right. Because it's like, if you got off TikTok and you still felt all those things, yeah, for sure. Like, you might have ADHD, but like, if you're on TikTok, all bets are off, dude. Like, this is, this is like, it's like they threw crack cocaine into our, onto our minds again. They were like, hey, man, are you like fucked up? Like, are you mentally <laughs> ill? And you're like, no, I'm actually on a drug. I'm fine, dude, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm on drugs right now. Yeah, I feel crazy. Yeah. I'm on drugs. Yeah. Yeah, this, I feel like, I remember, because, you know, when I get caught, because it knows your boy used to dabble in the the, the dark street arts, because I get all kinds of trafficking content oh on TikTok. <laughs> and like basketball jokes. It's, mine's is dancing, basketball jokes, drug trafficking, and construction workers showing their packed lunches. 
oh, interesting drug trafficking because I get sex trafficking because it knows I'm a girl. And so I get all of these videos that are like girls, you know, telling a story where they're like, you know, me uh, being uh, whatever, you know, sometimes like me- meeting a guy who has a van, you know, and sure, then it's like, sure. gong, and they're like, I was trafficked. <laughs> and it's just like raising awareness or something. I don't fucking know. Right. But now I'm terrified. Right. Yeah. And, and then it's funny, you get you get stuck on there just scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. And then like every, you know, like 700 videos that one comes up like, hey, 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 want to take a break? Hey, how about a break? You want to take a break real quick? You should take a break. Here's some tips on how to take a break, you know, because you've been on this motherfucker for a minute that we're even oh, really? trying to introduce a slight bit of responsibility Yo, as a platform to you. Yes, Jack, when you are on TikTok for like over an hour and a half, uh, a video comes up of a of a guy whose face I now know intimately. <laughs> he's like MySpace Tom now. Yes, he's yeah. like MySpace Tom now. And he says to me, hey, you've been scrolling for a long time. Maybe it's time to uh, go to bed. There will still be videos in the morning. Oh yeah. my god. You're like, shut the fuck up, more <laughs> narco videos. Yep. Jack, you don't even know how advanced TikTok is. They are they are regulating you so you don't get burned out. So you keep yeah. coming back. But that's yeah. mean to be like, hey, like they should just like make the app like start to malfunction or something. Instead of being <laughs> like, hey, we're worried about you here at TikTok. Yeah. It's like, fuck yeah. you, man. It's like, no, yeah. you're not, dude. You keep shoveling all this other shit in my right. face. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm okay. We're worried that you won't come back if you do this, if you go too hard on TikTok. <laughs> Please, right. if you let us harvest all of your data today, there will be no data left to harvest tomorrow. Exactly. We don't want to burn you out. One must we want you seed to be... the data fields. Yeah. You have to leave one of your data fields fallow every year. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Grow new data and mine data, later. Data crop rotation. Exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's take a quick break and we will be right back. And we're back. And <sighs> let's talk about Joe Biden most extreme president, furthest left since FDR. I mean, we might as well elect Bernie the way this dude is just left in it the fuck up. Oh, my God, dude. He's the window left. The window yeah. has moved so far. It's not a window. It's a doorway. It's a doorway to a utopia. <laughs> To a neoliberal utopia where it's all can all it can do is identify threats, but is unable to handle them at all because it helps uphold the status quo. And it's getting so fucking tired right now. You know, we just talked about how 50 Democrats fucking fled Texas to be like, hey, they're rat fucking elections. Right. Y'all need to pass some shit over here. What are you doing with the filibuster? Why are you letting, why are you pretending it's just these people that are holding it up when it's probably you, Joe Biden, and the rest of the, you know, Democratic establishment that is truly uninterested in actually making it easier for everyone to vote? It was a nice talking point, but the, the action is just not there. So this man gave a speech in Philadelphia, and it was just essentially him. You know, this is this was like on the heels of the news story at the beginning of the day. Texas Democrats flee to D.C., da, 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 uh, you know, could face arrest, quote unquote. But he goes to D.C. and or he goes to Philadelphia and just gives a speech where it's just it's like the equivalent of him describing like a slow moving train coming for everyone. And we're, we're on the tracks, but we're not tied. And all he has to do is say like, and then everyone should get up off the tracks and get out of the way. And then we can we can dodge this train. But instead, he's just like. There's a train coming. Right. Uh, 
and I don't know what we're going to do, folks. Like all he said, he better get off the track, Jack. Yeah. (laughs) Come on, man. Jack, get off the rails. Listen, listen. come on, man. Listen, we got to get off the tracks. This is what he said. Hey, pal, this is a quote, quote, democracy or autocracy. That's what's coming. That's what it's coming down to. Okay. Yeah. What else? No, for sure. Don't just say that. Then are you now putting your weight behind your the office, the weight of your office behind filibuster reform? Anything? No. He was just sort of like, man, man, we got to do something about this. Miles, he is wrapping the chain of filibuster reform around his arm and he is going for the corn pop of the house in this moment. (laughs) He's he's left the razor blades out overnight to get rusty. He knows how it goes. He knows what he knows how you do it, Sarah. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just nothing. He just gave up. He's essentially he's given up. The, the, I think the take from the White House is we've given up on passing any kind of robust package for voter protections. And he's just saying stuff like, come on, Jack, we got to pass the For the People Act. It's like, OK, we know that you fuckwit. Now, what can you do as president? Do you want to put Mansion and cinema and these people to the sword and say, hey, get in line? Because just saying, hey, man, we got to pass this stuff. That is not leadership at all. But again, that's not what most of us were expecting from him. It's just doubly frustrating, like the theater of it, because it's just so empty. And you know, Miles, hypothetically, to have a president with dementia would be pretty difficult. Don't you think hypothetically, if our president had dementia, it would make things kind of harder to to, like do policies and stuff? I don't know. I mean, this is, again, something that's never happened, especially not in the past four years or now. But yeah, can't can't imagine recent even in recent even before this, I couldn't I couldn't know what it was like to have someone with uh, dwindling mental capacity be able to just be like, hey, that bad, huh? I don't know. Uh, what do we do about it? It's just, just it's, pump an old guy full of drugs and force him to make speeches constantly. It would be kind of bad. Yeah, that would be weird. <laughs> be I mean, weird. this whole thing is he just again he wants. I, I don't know. This is why, like, I'm sort of off the the tired sort of defense that it's like, like, cinema and mansion are holding everything up. No. Like, there is, I believe, like, I, it's very clear. Chuck Schumer, none of these people want to get it done. They just like to be like, I mean, it's tough to do. But I'm sure because if voting was easier for everyone, that would also mean voting out establishment stooges would be easier, too. So I'm sure on some level they're fine with how things are. While on the other side, they can just say, oh, well, we raised $25 million to combat voter suppression. That sounds like another industry to keep up is the fundraising around fighting voter suppression rather than ending it. Because that's the other solutions that we're hearing is like, well, we have money to help educate people. It's like you're you hold. the okay, whatever. you literally make the laws. You're educating uh, us about the laws that you have the power to change. Oh, right. Cool. Thanks. And it's not like this is something that is so controversial to say that people need to be able to vote there. I mean, there's like a lot of polling out that it does break down in a little more nuanced sense. Like a lot of people, for whatever reason, like they do think like voter ID laws are like not too bad because like that's like the one thing to say, like, well, that's then we can feel secure. But overall, there's a an ABC News Washington Post poll that said they were asking respondents, whether it was more important to pass new laws, making it easier for people to vote lawfully or to make new laws, making it harder for them to vote fraudulently. Sixty two percent opted for the former. They sixty two percent of people say we want more laws that makes it easier for people to vote lawfully. And then meanwhile, we have this is this is this isn't just of Democrats. This is the country. 
So this idea, I mean, again, it's just <sighs> <laughs> voter suppression coming to a state near you. Yeah. I mean, even more so. But yeah, it's just it's just really awful to just like watch the president just be like, oh, that, that's bad. Anyway, y'all, I'm out. I mean, is he like, it, has there been any, I, th- I think he said. Sucks, it, dude. Peace. <laughs> I think he said at one point that he was open to talking about the filibuster. Yeah, and, yeah. Talking filibuster. But this time he didn't even say the word. Right. Which shows you like if there was a moment. Yeah. It would have been then to say. Dude, this is a fucking problem. But all he just said was, this is a fucking problem, y'all. All right, see ya. I'm going to go to Denny's. <laughs> That's my time. Well, speaking of the truth that he mentioned there, that it's autocracy, the most recent, like, kind of concrete example of Trump basically trying to stay in power by just, like, making up a reality with like a handful of lawyers. Uh, the So the big lie was basically in the courtroom uh, a couple days ago. And the lawyers that were behind what was known as the Kraken lawsuit uh, mm-hmm. in Michigan, where they demanded the results of the election be overturned because like somebody saw a, a clear plastic bag. bag of... <laughs> somebody saw the Kraken up close. Yeah. <laughs> or the equivalent. Was the plaintiff a Kraken? The, <laughs> so Sidney Powell, who was kind of the main person, the main person who's still like out here saying it with her chest, was brought to the courtroom and asked very straightforward questions. Like, why do you think, why did you say I, this? It was like all of these lawyers, right? Because everyone's like, these people need to be sanctioned fucking off the face of the earth like they should never practice law again to come in and try and just like bandy about nonsense evidentiary like evidentiary claims and be like we got to overturn an election so they were in court basically to argue that they don't deserve any kind of sanctions or to be disbarred or anything like that so part of this again well first of all i just do want to point one of the lawyers who's uh, caught up in this openly weeping throughout the whole <laughs> proceedings okay one of these cracking assholes, just a fucking us, just a sob scene as the as the as the judge was dressing him down. So one of the first things was just sort of essentially was like, did y'all do anything called like due diligence? I just want to read this description quote. The judge noted that one observer stated in an affidavit that she believed she saw election workers switching votes from B- Trump to Biden. Parker, who's the judge, asked whether any of the lawyers had spoken to the witness and inquired what exactly she saw that led her to believe that votes had been switched. She was greeted with silence. Anyone? She asked again. When no one answered a second time, she said, let the record reflect that no one made that inquiry, which was central to the allegation. She then focused on another statement from a witness who swore he saw individuals placing clear plastic bags into a mail truck and said he believed the bags, quote, could be ballots, end quote, headed for Detroit's counting facility. The judge called that allegation, quote, really fantastical and speculative. Quote, I don't think I've, really ever seen an affidavit that has had that has made so many leaps, she said. My question to counsel here is, how could any of you as officers of the court present this type of an affidavit? (laughs) And they were just shrugging, shrugging. What do you have to say for yourself was basically what this judge was saying. They didn't say shit. Then uh, there's another description where one of the lawyers saying, 
Uh, Holler trying to explain the affidavit from the dog walker who thought some bags dropped off with postal workers, quote, could be ballots. I wish I could show Judge Parker's face right now, is what this person in the court said. Uh, and this is Parker, what the judge said. Well, what information did the affiant have uh, have to make any of these conclusions in his affidavit? Holler, the like Kraken lawyer, quote, he was speaking in the present tense and he took photos. Parker, this is anybody driving down the street and seeing somebody with plastic bags. <laughs> yeah, oh, my God. And so this is this is what's so fucked up, right? It's this kind of nonsense that is just setting the table, the just wacky rationale for Republicans to then go full force and be like, yeah, man, you see, like, it's just it's just stinking. This whole thing's stinking. We got to do something, even though the people who were perpetrated, like who presented this lawsuit are getting shredded in the courtroom right now. And one of them is crying. <laughs> I love that. I love spending a ton of time and money trying to go to court just to have a judge spank you. Right. <laughs> right. And someone crying. Just <laughs> They did so much work to get there. And then they got yeah. there. <laughs> someone was like, why the fuck are you wasting my time? Right. Yeah. And what's wild is, though, like, even despite this, right, how clear, how just absolute just bullshit all of this is, the damage is already done, you know? And that's all it really took. Like at this point, you know, there's not a sing. I don't think Fox is going to spend a second talking about what these lawyers are doing, like with how they're just getting destroyed in Michigan and the courts there. Because you've seen from ever ever since January uh, or and, and really after the election, it's just been the same programming over and over and over again. And that's just that's that that's where we're just at. Like pretty soon I I I fully believe that we're going to be arguing the merits of mathematics at some point with these people because anything that is like remotely res like resembles something that could be an arbiter of truth or some kind of objective way of measuring things because the truth typically can you know work against maybe these grifters on the right they'll be like yeah you know math i mean really is is zero and are and one are they real values i'd like to bring in of uh, this renowned mathematician Terrence, Terrence Howard. Howard. Uh, yes, <laughs> to bring us to say his, his, his take on numbers of teriology. I'm telling yeah. you, that's where like it feels like that's this that's where this road ends because it's it can't be history, it can't be science anymore, it can't be any of these things. Like fucking, I, I'm I'm just calling it. When's math? When's math on the docket for cancellation? I believe it's I believe it's already on the docket, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't yeah. there a, a thing? I'm gonna I'm gonna do a quick goog. Hold on, go on. Quick. Quick Google search. How many votes did Donald Trump lose by? <laughs> no, no, no. Those aren't good numbers. I don't like those numbers. No, no, no. They lie. As a noted leftward bias, for sure. All right. Let's talk uh, about COVID real quick. Uh, cases are on the rise across the country. Florida, I think, has the fastest rising or the second fastest rising uh, national average for daily cases. And so Governor Ron DeSantis has taken this opportunity, chosen this moment to release some sick merch. Yeah, He's got some shirts that say, don't Fauci my Florida, which I, is that a play on something? Don't. Is it like, don't yuck my yum? Yeah. Is that, but it's like completely, it's like, it's don't basketball mess. my sandals. <laughs> yeah, what? yeah there's, like, what? there's no word play. There's alliteration, but the, you know, it's, 
it's like when somebody tells a joke and then you realize that they sort of said it in the intonation of a stand-up comedian that they like, even though right. it was an original joke. And you're like, well, why did that sound like Bill Burr was saying that joke, you know? And it's like, oh, right. you watch a lot of fucking Bill Burr. <laughs> right, right. But you didn't pick up on the whole uh, premise punchline structure. <laughs> I mean, don't Fauci my Florida. Okay. I won't. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know how to. I mean, it's it's faster to say, don't vaccinate me. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a sheep. Okay. I, I, that makes more sense. But I guess because I think it's just everything, just like buzzwords, just get people so energized. It's like, yeah, Fauci. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. And it's alliterative slightly because it's two F words. But like, mm -hmm. yeah. I no, it's, it's good. It's good copywriting. Uh, there's also a drink koozie that says... How the hell am I going to be able to drink a beer with a mask on? That's a great question that science has not yet provided an answer for, Jack. And I don't appreciate yeah. you saying it in such a ridiculing tone. <laughs> no, I was just uh, reading it. That was actually my best, my best uh, dramatic read of that question. With a new, with new beer patches from Anheuser Busch, just slap <laughs> right. one on. Well, you butt chug, dude. Yeah, right, <laughs> dude. That'd be so funny. That's like their response. How do you do without a mask? Dude, you butt chug it, fool. <laughs> Come on, man. The fuck's wrong with you? What, you don't want to drink beer, dude? Come on. <laughs> but that the fact that those are like official merch from his campaign is just, I mean, yeah, he's just like. Fellas, is it gay to drink beer through a filter mask full of your own snot? Right. <laughs> Fellas. Fellas. No, man. I, hell no, man. I butt chug. <laughs> like a man. Open it dude. up. Yeah, dude, yeah. and don't get me started about like butt play and how that could be like, you know, sodomy adjacent. It isn't. It's scientifically proven to get you fucked up quicker. So there's what nothing in the Bible that? that says you can't put beer in your ass. Yeah. Right. So then God strike me down because, <laughs> hey, I'm about to put another. Fucking tall boy back there. Let's go. Hey, God strike me down. <laughs> if this tall boy in my ass is not to his will. <laughs> On earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Oh, shit. Uh, as it is yeah. in heaven, may it be on earth. According to Washington Post rolling seven day average, the state reported 26 new infections per 100,000 residents last week. The second highest rate in the country. Yeah. So crushing it. He's. Also, currently, the governor. So he's like nailing it to such a degree. I am going to make funny shirts. Yeah. Well, he's also right. Like, I've I mean, been on this. This the new like what they call it Team DeSantis merch. The on his site, he has like DeSantis flags that are just mimicking the Trump ones. Like it's so on the nose. Like how they're just like, see, it's going to be one for one. Like you know the way he's trying to position himself as top runner for twenty twenty four. Unless, you know, daddy comes out of the uh, out of home care to run again. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But he's clearly trying to position himself as just the Trumpiest piece of shit out there, despite, you know, like and I think he's probably going to be like, look, I'm just a governor who looked at the pandemic a different way in that I put all these people at risk and have a lot of blood on my hands for my mismanagement <laughs> right. of everything. But I'm looking at it a different way. Which called in the different way is called without empathy or acknowledgement of humanity in my heart. I I still don't understand how he thinks he's going to run for president with Trump still alive. Like I I understand if he's like, oh, this is just an 
a life insurance policy on Trump. Like if Trump dies before 2024, then I'll be able to run for president. But like Trump is not going to choose not to run for president. Like, what do you who do you think he is? Like, what? There's, who do you think you I are? Know. I am. I don't know. <laughs> who do you who do you think you are? I am. I am. <laughs> that guy is awesome. Sorry, Jung, you think there's a chance he might not run? Yeah, because uh, you know, I think what he was always m- most interested in was making money and I think he was a little disappointed with how how much being president got in the way of his business ventures. So, you mm. know, there's as the Koch brothers show us, there's quite a bit more power to be had outside of the government than in it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. God willing. I, but, I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe he'll be on the, uh, uh, something cool. Maybe he'll be Scientologist by then, you know? Yeah, <laughs> that would be great. I mean, shout out to Xenu, obviously, and uh, <laughs> all my operating Thetans out there because Thetan Nation, we're going to be doing it. Did you guys see him at CPAC saying... Uh, <laughs> I forget who he was talking about, but he was like basically saying other people aren't real because they change when they get in trouble. And he was like, not me. They impeached me twice. I got worse. <laughs> he said, I got worse. <laughs> I got worse is fucking amazing. Like, what? <laughs> I got worse. Great. There he yeah, is. Folks. Hell yeah, dog. Uh, and people oh my have to, God. and you're so fuck, you're so fucking pretzeled up mentally in that yeah. room. You're like, yeah, man, he got worse. <laughs> I didn't become different. I got impeached I got twice. Worse. I became, I became worse. Yeah. And then he repeated it. I became worse. <laughs> <laughs> I got worse. Yeah, that's. I mean, that basically sums it up. Doubling down on uh, being wrong seems to be the the yeah. playbook. But even if, like, yeah, DeSantis runs, I mean, like, people, this is the kind of shit, like, this is the thing that they have to do right now is to keep as much of the MAGA world feeling good about him. So if it is him running, they can just flip the switch and it feels, like, nice and easy for them. And I think no matter who runs, it's going to be a fucking shit show. I mean, like, people are going to be all in on whoever the candidate is, plus all this voter suppression. Like, it's, oh, my God. Yeah. Save us, Jeebus. <laughs> now there's a beer koozie. Save us, Jeebus. <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break and we'll be back to talk about some bullshit. And we're back. And so... Some some interesting news. An unopened N64 copy of Super Mario 64 just sold for over $1.5 million. Mm-hmm. With 16 bids. 16 bids for what the 64 bids. What the fuck is happening? I don't know. But I will say it's very interesting. There's like, you know, in this article in Slate, they're like, just to give you some perspective, right? The first comic book that sold for a million dollars was Action Comics number one, which is the debut of Superman. Okay. It was in 2010 and it was it was printed in 1938. So this piece was 72 years old. Okay. The first right. baseball card for more than a million. T206, Honus Wagner in 2000. Card was printed in 1909. It was 91 years old when it was sold. This Mario cartridge, 
it's only 25 years old <laughs> and it's already getting over a million dollars. And people are like, what the fuck is happening? They say there it's like a, a mixture of things. Pandemic has caused a lot of people to get into more vintage games. Then like comic book collectors apparently are diversifying their investments and getting into vintage games. And also geriatric millennials and Gen Xers with, who are come into crypto apparently seem to be the biggest buyers because these auction houses notice an uptick when the crypto market's doing well. Mm. So, uh, and I guess maybe shit's just super inflated right now, but I, I don't know, man. A fucking million and a half for a fucking video game is, like, what do you do with that? Right. You play it, Miles. It's a fun Could game. Could you imagine? Just like, oh, yes, just rip Tight. the wrapping off. Like, oh, cool. <laughs> just trying to just jam it, it into their PS5. <laughs> Come on. I mean, I'll say this. Have, have you ever have you ever tried to blow on a you know first edition copy of a Superman comic? It's not fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it, it burns up when you put it in an electrical device. Yeah, I had this game. I made the mistake of opening it, and apparently turned didn't realize I was turning down one point <laughs> five six million dollars uh, by doing so. They, yeah, the other thing is like they say like you know for like it, for collectors, right? Like I I used to collect basketball cards and shit rookies right rookie cards are worth the most like the first appearance of something is typically what gives something a lot of value to collectors that's why like the first appearance of batman uh you know the fucking all these other things like first editions or appearances typically is what gets people spending money and like a lot of people were like we thought an og legend of zelda would sell for more than a n64 copy of super mario 64 because like for for super mario heads like you know some people are like i don't know i don't really like it but other people are like it's the first 3d version of mario okay yeah. i get that but the uh, the oh, but uh, just to give you a comparison an og legend of zelda nes cartridge got only eight hundred seventy thousand dollars. that's it mario's older <laughs> yeah right. i guess i don't but know i know right that's it with the mario's older and also you know the uh when mario went from 2d to 3d and we could really see the curves of that dump truck mm. he's rocking yeah that that yeah. changed a lot of people's lives you know yeah that's true that's you when the, that's the when like the fanfic that, got lit yep that's when you see that uh, who's the real princess peach i think it's mario yeah yeah exactly <laughs> princess who yes sir princess peach emoji look at that can <laughs> <laughs> that cake that mario cake we could yeah, finally yeah. see the shadows that it cast down his little plumber's <laughs> pants yeah <laughs> greatest plumber's ass of all time all right let's talk about shakari richardson not gonna be able to participate in the olympics uh but she has been offered a six-figure endorsement deal with a vape company which she should totally fucking take right like why two hundred fifty thousand dollars to become an endorser what is what are her choices is aren't those the same i mean if if she uh, my question is if she takes the deal does it disqualify her from ever trying to go to the olympics or like why is this an is this an either or aren't they barring her from the olympics anyway shouldn't i don't be. know if it's an either or i mean i think if anything it feels more like opportunistic on the vape company because they're just yeah, trying yeah. to get behind someone who's like in the news around weed right but like even for for her like the reason she used it wasn't because she's like, hey, I'm Shakari Richardson. And when I'm not breaking world records, I like to fucking dab it the fuck up. You know <laughs> what I mean? Where's my yeah. goo gang at? Right. Like, she's like, true. my she... mother died and yeah. I was coping. Yeah. yeah. 
So I don't know. It feels like a bit of a a weird thing. That, that would be a but, weird. Although ad. it would be tight for her to do a commercial that was like, "Hey, did you just suffer a major life trauma? <laughs> right. Try this vape. Yeah. I Check like out Doctor Dab. <laughs> <laughs> I I think it could be a number of things. I mean, part of me feels like, look, I this two hundred fifty thousand dollars I'm sure helps because we know famously Olympic athletes don't make any money, right? So, like in that sense, I'm like, yeah, it gets you a check. But also, like, I don't know if she needs to be like cheeky about it to say like I'm gonna suddenly be like put myself at the forefront of this because I think that might be a distraction for like what she's actually exceptional at. But I don't know. You know, I think either way, you'd hope that this isn't going to be like the last we hear about her or that she, you know. No, yeah. She's going to have a long career. For destroy sure. everyone. Yeah. Yeah. She's going to be like dominating track and field for a long time for probably the next couple Olympics. I just, I don't know. It feels like a local commercial level commitment. It's like doing a commercial for a local car dealership or something like that shouldn't preclude you from like taking some national sponsorships but yeah i mean if anything you'd hope like a like you know like typically these athletes get stuff from like you know apparel makers and shit that they can just be like here look fuck it here's money like that sucks that this happened to you please keep focusing on your physical endeavors shakari right. richardson as like an athlete and as a a story as a person is so popular and so uh, exceptional that it is pretty wild that Nike has not stepped in to co-opt her momentum. Say, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Typically, I, don't, I guess what, like weed is like a third rail for them? I have no, I mean, I have no idea, but it, it just seems like, you know, what you were saying, Jack, about like, it, it feels like a, like a local commercial when, you know, I feel like, for for somebody who has totally dominated the news cycle in the way that she has, it seems to me that she should be getting offers that are on a on a national stage. You know, right, right, right. If you're her manager, Jack, you're saying, "Hey, don't take that. This is this is this is small ball, Shakari." Yeah, I'll text her. I'll let her know. <laughs> yeah, this is small ball, Shakari. Just wait wait for uh, Phil Knight to hit you up. I feel like Nike will you know, reach out to her and like there there will be the Shakari Richardson commercial like three years from now. Like the way that yeah. they came around to Colin Kaepernick, you know, years after he first made his stand. Uh, I yeah. bet you they've already reached out. And I, Probably. you know, because she was rocky. She was wearing Nike all through the qualifiers and things like that and the trials. So I'm sure on some level, you know, knowing how quickly they move, they're probably being like, okay, let's, uh, let's really figure this out. Like, how are we going to, how are we going to maximize profits off of this thing? But yeah, I, it's, uh, oh yeah, they'll the probably run like channel. a dope ad with her during the track and field event. That would be kind of cool. I definitely support nobody going to the Olympics. I think great athletes should not go to the Olympics because the Olympics are bad. Yeah. They're really bad for the cities that they're in. They're really bad for the athletes. They don't make any money and uh, they uh, are a real estate scam. So, yep. There was a story about a Japanese guy who was displaced twice. Yep. From the Tokyo Olympics. Like, like move first over here, in, get the fuck was, out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. First, he was displaced in 64 and then also from 2020. Wow. So he's like, yeah, it, uh, it really sucks. It's a, it's a very, very sad story. And it's happened in a lot of cities. And that's yeah. why so many cities around the world 
have huge protests when their governments are like, hey, what if we had the Olympics here? And then people are like, fuck no. They're like, well, wait, we're going to spend money. Oh, really? On uh, making sure the event is completely free of the what we've determined to be societal detritus that we don't want tourists to see and also to just uh, help make things easier for advertisers. We'd love to militarize your police really quickly, install a bunch of surveillance equipment that we will not take down. We would like to evict a bunch of residents of the city so we can build temporary housing for athletes and media who will then leave. We're going to build a bunch of stadiums that the city is then not going to use. So what, what do you think? But hotels will make money. But Usain Bolt will be there. All right. All right. We like it. We like it. We, we're back again. I Hard mean, bargain. honestly, like. Hard bargain. What's the easiest one? Like, the easiest way to do it is just to have it in one fucking place every fucking time. That's yeah. just a dedicated facility for the Olympics. And that's it. Rather than treating it like a World's Fair. Yeah. To constantly build infrastructure every two to four years in a different city and. That's the scam. That's where they make the money is the building and the permits and the fucking leases and shit. And that's why they won't just build it in. I don't know. Where where would where would you put it, Miles, if, if you could have the Olympics I in think a permanent place? We talked place? about this before, like, you know, just to keep it with the, the theme of the games, like in Athens or something and just mm. always have the facility like or wherever, you know, like all we need to do, though, is just dedicate one place, because at the end of the day, like. I don't watch it to be like, oh, they're here this year or they're there right. this year. It's like you watch it because you want to see like the peak of human competition. I don't have any problem with that. And I love that kind of shit. But just do it like that in a way that's responsible for everybody involved yeah. and not, you know, just exploitative and, you know, completely disregarding like people who need help and making it like this sort of either or. I'd miss the nation-themed light shows that open up every games. That would uh, that would bum me out. Too I mean, much. when I think I dude, do that. you remember in London, Tim Berners Lee, the father of the internet, was in the opening ceremonies. It's like yeah. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> they don't have anything else. Smiles. Let them have that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> They're eating beans on toast. Let them have let the English the have their the internet. let them have their slogan that the sun never sets on the English the British Empire. Let them yeah. have that. Right? Let them have what? it. They're fucking done and they know it. <laughs> Give them Tim Berners-Lee and the Spice Girls in an over-the-top opening ceremony. You know what? And they feel good about it all. They have perfected the art of panel shows. All I watch now is British panel shows on YouTube. What's better about British panel shows? Because I've heard that now from a number of people. Number one, I think they just have a lot of them. Mm. They have a lot of comedians and TV people who are just... I think it's that they have a lot of them and there's really a culture around them. And so everybody that appears on a British panel show is like pretty pretty up to snuff you know right, because right. this is like a thing they do a lot so i think it's just that it's a more popular format and so they've like kind of done it done it better yeah i feel like when i watch them like graham norton or like other ones where there's like a lot of interesting people together it's like what a good podcast is because people come to like really just be a little more open and talk candidly whereas yeah. in america our talk shows are just a facet of the like public marketing pr machine yeah, like we only have talk shows for people to come on to to like sort of push products. And it's the same of, you know, th- not to say that people don't do those on panel shows there, but like the yeah, energy yeah. is more like I'm going to sell this thing and then I go away versus like, yeah, I'll go promote it. But also like we'll have a really fun chat with interesting people. And mm-hmm. it's a time to, you know, you see I feel like we see more hot takes or like clippable moments from these English panel shows than we do from like Kimmel or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, maybe maybe it has something to do with like the I mean, the, the material reality of production there is that 
it's not America. It's not LA. They don't have like, in a, you know, you can go shoot anywhere in California and make it look like a different place in the world. But in the UK, it's always going to fucking look like London. So they shoot a lot of stuff in studio and they just do a lot of stuff in studio because it's fucking cheap. You know, it's really cheap, mm. but like they get they get really good writers and, you know, good games. And I, I think that stuff's more fun than like Wheel of Fortune or whatever, because Wheel of Fortune always felt like there was basically no skill involved. You know, you're no. at the mercy of the wheel, just like in life. <laughs> and Vanna White. Yeah. That bitch Heartless. controls me. Yeah. yeah, you know she controls the weather, right? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's like those games like Wheel of Fortune. Like, I, it's funny that just feels like a like a doctor's office waiting room of a of a game show. Like, mm. it's just sort of like, yeah, I guess it's there. It's better than nothing. But I'm not like, oh fuck, it's time for Wheel of Fortune. It right. used to be. I think I think those games. I watched them more when I was a kid because yeah. like. My intellect was at a level where it was like very stimulating. Yeah. I was like, oh, maybe I can figure this out. Yeah. But now I'm like, I don't give a shit about how many skis <laughs> you want. Like, USA Today's crossword shit. puzzle, the TV show is basically. Yeah, right. Is. Yeah. Yeah. But hey, you know, shout out to panel shows. Shout I out feel to like, being all, open. like a lot of British game shows and panel shows are like as good as Jeopardy. And I think Jeopardy's great. And Jeopardy's like mm. my favorite game show, my favorite like American panel type show. That that's interesting. the The idea that it's like the PR machine that makes American, like, because I the persistent like it's kind of a lame observation, but like just the persistence of terribleness that comes out of like late night TV shows, and and yet like there's so much talent and so many funny writers who like work on them has always like kind of confounded me. It's pretty depressing. Just, yeah. yeah. It and it it's it, and it's a golden handcuff situation for a lot of those writers too because like you're paid so well. Right. And like it's and but it's all in service of this other singular talent who's the host. But then it's like, yeah, I used to have dreams but it's like, but I get paid like 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 52 weeks out of the year. It's, it's like a, a sweet gig, job. dude. It's a velvet yeah. coffin. Like yeah. once you're in it, it for a lot of people they get used to the money and then it's hard to get out or I, I think what's interesting about late night TV is like it's changed so much because, you know, it was kind of a peak TV format and now we're in peak streaming. And so late night as a format doesn't make any fucking sense with streaming because it involves the things that happened that day, which is something that we now we consume that kind of content, the daily digestive content now more on the Internet or in a podcast like this. So why does late night even exist is a question a lot of people have been asking for a long time. And uh, it's it's interesting to see the way late night has coped, right? Mm -hmm. By becoming worse, <laughs> right? It made me so. <laughs> and I got worse. Yeah, I got when, worse. They tried Conan to <laughs> went back to like that same format after like the whole thing after the Tonight Show. I mean, it was a little different, but still like the interview, like canned conversation format is. But yeah, now he's doing podcasts, so we're we're getting there. But I, same same uh, shit, different different medium. It, it's interesting that another country was able to like make it work because it's so it's been so bad for so long in America. Well, sorry, June. As always, such a pleasure having you. Where can people find you and follow you? I am on uh, TikTok. You underscore tube underscore channel. <laughs> I am on Instagram. Corpse flower. That's F L O U R. And uh, my website is sarajune.online. Yeah, yeah. You can go there. You can 
send me money at Paysara June on Venmo or Cash App. And, uh, you know, I love to receive messages from the outside world. <laughs> on Cash App. <laughs> That's, I'm not an alien. <laughs> Please send me your interactions. <laughs> Interact with me. <laughs> Is there a tweet or some of the work of social media you've been enjoying? Yes, here's a, here's a good tweet that I like. Um, it's not funny, but it's very good. It's from Vincent Bevins at V-I-N-N Cent. And it is the United States government has intentionally worsened the living standards of the Cuban people in pursuit of regime change for over 60 years. Wow. Hey. Great tweet. <laughs> <laughs> that's just like your opinion, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just like, yeah. That's just always funny whenever like these countries that have just been absolutely destroyed by embargoes and sanctions, the media just goes, oh, man, it's so bad over there, huh? It's like, yeah. well, hold on, asshole. You want to zoom out and actually explain it rather than be like, and that's the problem with socialism. And that's the problem with this place. Am I right, folks? All right. This message brought to you by General Electric. It's just very funny to me that there is a Wikipedia article about U.S. intervention in Latin America, and that's free. That's free mm -hmm. for you to access. That's free for everybody to read. And yet some people still think that President Joe Biden is going to back any policy that helps the people of Cuba. Just read the article and then tell me what you think. Just read the article yeah. and then think of a out. little bit about our history. Just get, just tell me what made you think that we might as a, as a government, not you and me, you know, Miles, you're cool. Jack, you're cool. But the government <laughs> might give a shit about this country for any reason other than taking control of it. I would love yeah. to hear anybody's reasons. You can cut that out. I'm very angry about this. <laughs> we won't be cutting it out because you said I was cool. And that's... Uh, <laughs> it's that it can't just be in a vacuum. <laughs> <laughs> Jack, right, you're cool. Right, you take, take that... Here's the thing. Cut the whole thing, but keep that part where I said, Jack, you're cool, and just play it with no context. Please welcome okay. Sarah June. Jack, you're cool. All right, Sarah, where can people find you? <laughs> uh, or I could just make it my ringtone. Get it in there. Uh, Miles, where can people find you? What's a tweet you've been enjoying? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Miles of Gray and also the other show, 420 Day uh, Fiance, where you can uh, yeah. come check us out just doing the 420s and talk about 90 Day Fiance like we always do. First tweet that I like from Travis Helwig at Travis Helwig, uh, DC journalist, Washington is a bubble. We know what real America is all about. Also, DC jur journalist, who is Olivia Rodrigo? <laughs> <laughs> Because that's so much of the energy around her visiting the White House. And then one more is a bit of a visual gag. It's from at Violently Epic. Uh, it's at Helen's alt account. And I just want to say this picture right here. It's from everyone uh, from yes. Breaking Bad. It says, who's getting the best dick? Vote below. And it's like all these scenes from Breaking Bad where like people have like guns to their heads, but they have like these tortured faces. And their faces are usually like up against the wall. They're just like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> getting the best dick. Vote below. I mean, it's Hank. I got to say, it's Hank. Uh, middle oh, Hank? Oh, yeah. Hank is. Which one? Yeah, Middle Hank. Hank. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, number uh, D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought they were all Hank. <laughs> I mean, we're all Hank. We're all Hank. Metaphorically yeah. speaking. Yeah. Gus looks like he's having fun, too. 
you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. A couple tweets I've been enjoying. Doug Pound tweeted, sucks that Poupon only comes in gray. Kelsey Bowman Murphy just tweeted a picture of Richard Branson. So this was a picture that Richard Branson and uh, uh, Elon Musk tweeted out of themselves. And she... <laughs> Like, you kind of have to see it, but they just look like they're standing in a very basic house. And she said, to have billions of dollars in those cabinets, what's the point? Yeah, I, I <laughs> clocked that, too. That kitchen was interesting. A mess. What's going on? It might be that those guys are dumb. <laughs> yeah. Mm. So, I mean, if you've seen the way they're dressed, then, yeah, maybe not the best taste. In but the they world. have all the happiness that billions of dollars can buy. Who needs nice yeah, cabinets? Clearly. Yeah. I mean, the happiest people are trying to concoct ways to leave Earth. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe if they had nicer cabinets, they wouldn't want to go to space so bad. Yeah. They'd just be hanging out in the kitchen. Tried a new cabinet do-over? I'm so uninterested in, like, what they do. Like, what those two hanging out together would be like. It would probably be so so weird and boring. (laughs) Sounds like the worst party ever. And then at... Arf Measures tweeted, Doctor, do you exercise? Me. Oh, yeah, I do all of them. The uh, push-offs, plonks, <laughs> doctor, nothing. Me. Crunchies, doctor. I'm going to put no. Me. Okay. <laughs> Find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode as well as a song we think you might enjoy Miles what song are we sending people to check out today this is a track called Moving Up by an artist known as Mr. Mitch who is a London based artist and you know they're like super vibey feels sort of like vaporwave adjacent so it sounds like uh, again People who aren't familiar with Vaporwave, like, you know, sort of uh, imagine you're walking through a, sp- a spooky shopping mall mm-hmm. and like the music is slowed down, but it sounds like Muzak, but real kind of vibey. And this track, Moving Up, is just exactly that. It's got a really good, like, sort of combination of older, you know, sort of like an old patina, audio patina over it, but with familiar rhythms and production. So uh, this is a good one. Mr. Mitch, moving up. All right. That's going to do it for this episode. Uh, the Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That's going to do it for us this morning. We're back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we will talk to y'all then. Bye. Bye. <laughs> 